This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by Tim Vickery, who was uh, making a flying visit to the UK. He's very um, knowledgeable, isn't he? He certainly is, yeah. It was yeah. fascinating chance. We had a good bit of a deep dive into the South American players in in this country and covered some ground there. Yeah, so he, he told us all about it. how he went out to Brazil. So if you've yeah. ever known that, it's quite interesting. That was, yeah, that was that was very interesting. Paul Watson joined us, uh, the author and journalist and coach. He's just set up a new podcast called The Sweeper that looks at the weird and wonderful stories from the world of football you wouldn't necessarily hear in the mainstream. So he was on good form. Uh, we had a chat. Um, yeah. Andy had got a new name today, but it was quite <laughs> short-lived, uh, as uh, as you'll hear. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. We've had quite an intriguing uh, text coming today. Oh, yeah. I didn't quite know where to take it. It's from John in Liverpool. He says, uh, hi, Paul and Andy. Any chance you could change Andy's name to Davey? Davey. I think Davey Jacobs will bring something different to the show. I doubt he'll bring the same old rubbish he's yeah. done for the last 20 years. In the, <laughs> if you're our Davey Jacobs, how do you see it, John? A kind of lightness of touch that isn't there currently? or maybe <laughs> not as Davey Jacobs, yeah, I don't not, know. Not as curmudgeonly, I don't know. No. Well, you know, okay. I'm, I'm willing to try it. All right, Davey, we're on. There was a famous David Jacobs, of course, oh, yes. uh, a venerable broadcaster. Sadly, no one. But two no bucks jury, wasn't he? Two different oh, no, he's stories. Definitely no longer with us. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, right, fair enough. Well, um, now anyway, you, now, you but, now we've got a check. Now. A wonderful, a wonderful. <laughs> Otherwise, we ring up. A wonderful. I'm still with you. Okay, oh, yeah, ring up. One wonderful well, broadcaster. Remember Hugh Lloyd, the late great Hugh Lloyd, marvelous comedy actor. Yeah. We thought we we thought he'd gone, and he hadn't. He, he's he phoned up, didn't he? He phoned up. Yeah. He phoned up and said, I was, "My daughter's been listening. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still here." We've killed off a few on this program. He, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a lovely bloke. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, sadly, no longer with us, David Jacobs. But so the name is out there. You can have it for nothing, Davy. Okay. Anyway, Davy, what did you notice? What have you noticed? Well, I'm well, going to try, John. That... I haven't got high hopes. So I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference. I'm just looking through my notes. Things like Vin- Vinicius Junior. Yes, class. I wonder if Vinicius Senior. Yeah, was a good player. Who knows? Yeah, that's the, that's the question, isn't it? I wonder if Vinicius Senior might have had two left feet. 
<laughs> really <rubbish>. terrible. <laughs> and like, so you wanted his son to play on a Sunday morning, but oh, can me dad have a kick about, oh, if he must, putting in his own net, hitting him in the face. Uh, yeah. I was having a very interesting conversation with my son the other day. He's okay. a real early adopter of every technology going. Right. And he's really into Why has he passed any of that on to you? You can't even use well, your that's phone. I'm 30 odd years older than oh, him. Oh, fair enough. That'll be the reason. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the. Uh, <laughs> He's very into AI at the moment, yeah. and he's programmed his... Uh, somehow he's got this, I don't know how it works, but basically he never has to answer an email. People email him, and the AI answers the email for him. He sort of programmed what he wants out of it, right. and then it happens. They're the kind of bog-standard business emails. I mean, yeah. not if he's... I mean, no, uh, obviously. You will not get any of your personality across, or do you? I don't, maybe I don't it's, know. Maybe it's so sophisticated, so now I'm, you do. I was thinking, how long will it be before they have a chatbot on the panel at football? I don't mean Michael Owen. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, I thought you'd basically you'd program it with every tactical philosophy. Yeah. You'd read every footballer's biography ever written. Yeah. You put that into in into it, so you get the sort of complete. You don't have to read it. I think it's a programming thing. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to sit there and physically read <laughs> right, every no footballer's idea. biography. And you, then you infuse it with personality, like Greavesy and but Roy not King too much and Jimmy Hill. Not too much if you want to be a pundit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, just, it's a, just it's a, a bit. thought. Yeah, AI chatbot. Let's see what AI chatbot <laughs> makes of it all. You might love it. They could probably it. introduce it, couldn't they? You know, some mm. of those, they could just do the, the that sort of stuff. I think it'd be good. Okay, Andy, well, that's fair it, enough. Davey, sorry, Davey. Now, there's an interesting story in the uh, Mail column today. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but it sort of looks at the sort of oddities of football. Yeah. And uh, this is about our old friend Mark Halsey. Yeah. And it says there was an unusual... Uh, there was a usual... I'm sorry. I'm what, was it unusual or was it usual? <laughs> no, I'll only read it. Mark Halsey, basically... You're not AI, are you? <laughs> Definitely not AI. <laughs> you couldn't program anybody to be as bad as this. No, you couldn't. <laughs> it's not you really possible. Couldn't. You have to go back in time about 200 years. Yeah. The spinning jenny in, of AI. the worst presenters in history. Yeah. And then you come out with me. It's marvellous. Go on, then. Anyway, Mark Halsey, a QPR fan, was in town, this is Madrid, yeah. with his family, tweeting his journey from Alicante to Madrid and saying, come on, City. Yeah. This upset a lot of Gillingham supporters. Housing was the referee when City beat the Gills in Division 2 playoff The final. Gills? 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 They, Gills? There's no fish Gills. involved. <laughs> Davey. <laughs> I think Andy's better Actually, you're Davey. worse. I'm sorry, Davey, John. Davey, we're going to have to stop worse. this. Because he's actually worse <laughs> as Davey than he is as Andy. That's staggering. You've created a monster, John. <laughs> He said, honestly, since he I'll became be Dave, he's been the week. pants. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, John, it's gone. It was a very, very short experiment. We're very much back to Andy now, the kind of cutting-edge broadcast oh, we all yeah. know and love. Anyway, he was the referee when City won the Division the infamous, two yeah, game. Playoff final. City fans going home. Blah, blah, blah. Not our next guest, I'm uh, sure. And one fan even called for an investigation into Housie as tempers flared online. And you think, it was what, an investigation now? Now. It's 24 years ago. You do have the feeling you should say, get over Just it. Just let it go. Let it go. As they said in Frozen. So um, how long have you held a grudge? Yeah, we're interested to know. How long did you... Somebody held one against you or did you hold against them? How long have you I'm quite held a grudge? I'm still upset about Henning Vrabo. <laughs> oh, what, that referee in the yeah, game when the Chelsea dropper got Barcelona. banned? Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. He did have a terrible game, didn't he? I don't think the ref last Turned night was out. particularly good. Oh, uh, no, he was terrible. Yeah, I mean, he let a lot go, didn't he? Lenient. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, there, you know, there was some pretty poor stuff going on. Carver, anyway, Carverhouse should have been sent off. Oh, no yeah, that, yeah, I know that for that barge and that everything. That was, he barges him into the... And then, and then, and then, then pretends he's been, tries to get him sent off. That was and weird. then one of his own teammates yeah. has to come and pick him up yeah. because he's bored with his play acting. And he'd already had a yellow. I don't know, you wonder what these referees are doing, but he was a real homer. There's no way he was going to send off a Madrid player in that atmosphere. No, you did. I couldn't believe. I know this is not the first time this has happened and I know they're redeveloping uh, the Bernabeu, but there's still 60,000 people in there and mm. the City fans had 1,800 tickets. That's disgusting. Yeah. Why are there people behind the goal? What's happened there? I mean, they're redeveloping. Uh, yeah, they're, right. they're doing stuff on the ground. Yeah, I think but so. why are they putting it like a roof on it? They've not heard of global warming. Yeah, it's I, bad enough. Yesterday it was so hot in the stadium, apparently. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You've been getting in touch about grub Grudges, uh, holding yes. grudges. Apparently, some even Mark House has been getting. In Mark, touch. Yeah, Mark House. He said, "I'm giving you something to talk about this yes. afternoon." Well, the, the Gillingham fans have Mark get up in arms because apparently he tweeted, "Come on, Sydney!" as he went along <laughs> as a complete neutral last night uh, to the uh, the game in the, the Bernabeu, and um, we had some corkers come in. Uh, Casto from B- uh, Birmingham says, "When I split up with a girlfriend 33 years ago, we did the usual thing of me returning stuff she'd left at mine and her returning stuff." I've left it hers. At the time, she accused me of something which I denied and forgot about in about 30 seconds. But last year, yes, 32 years <laughs> later, I was at a party with my current partner and she came walking up to us and looked both of us in the eye. Then my girlfriend and said, word of warning, love, when me and him split up, he scratched my Boney M album. Oh, for goodness sake. And walked off. <laughs> she obviously will not let it go. Yeah. Says, uh, That's a good grudge. Okay. It is a shame how he, <laughs> she carries on, I should say, really. So one for the Boney M fans. Getting the thousand oh, yards there from Davey. Davey, yeah, didn't, no, Davey didn't get that one. Davey didn't get that one. Sorry. No, so he needed to be in the first hour. <laughs> I need to think of this. I was thinking about this next bit. Oh, yes. I love it when something sort of very contemporary gets into a football match report. And this mm. is, uh, I can't, this is in the Times this morning. I don't know if it was Martin Samuel. It might have been. But uh, he said, uh, Danny Carvajal had already had several goes at Jack Grealish when he shoved him at pace into the electronic advertising hoardings. Grealish flicked out in retaliation and Carvajal collapsed as if run through with something Penny Mordant might be carrying. Oh, it's nice. Come on. It's the zeitgeist. That's very good, isn't <laughs> it? Good, yeah, isn't the, it? the Penny Mordant material. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, yes, one of the listeners here, Matt in mm. Rippon, says, um, for some reason I would have grudged against Zoe Bourne. I can't really explain why. Well, that was quite a short-lived text, wasn't it? Poor old Zoe, she doesn't know what she's done. No. Less zeitgeisty, though, is the uh, latest offering from Steve Bears, you know, the teddy bears of limited edition with a little thing in the ear. I was, I think you were talking about a bloke called Steve Bears. <laughs> Sounds like a non-league manager. <laughs> yeah, a, a new man. posting, yeah. Steve Bears. going to go all the way to the top <laughs> in the Conference South. Good old Steve Bears. <laughs> No, Steve Bears, the uh, teddy bears. Yeah, I've seen them, yeah, made by yeah. the people at Steve. Uh, they've brought out a Captain Mannering bear. They haven't. <laughs> they have. Wow. A comedy legend brought to life in an exclusive limited edition collector bear. Who'd want this thing? Uh, Dad's Army is one of the nation's most... Yeah, we know that, blah, blah, blah. Now Steve have created a very special tribute to the self-proclaimed leader of the Warmington-on-Sea Home Guards, presenting Captain Mannering, whose superb limited edition bear, uh, exclusively available from our good friends at Danbury Mint, of course it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, Steve, the origins of Steve. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, are they Stief. a German company? I mean, it's quite yeah. magnanimous of them. Although well, I think they're in Cranley in Surrey, so uh, maybe that's just an offshoot of it. But anyway, yeah, that seems odd. It's a it? lovely item, but I'm not yeah. sure I'd want it. Yeah. Does it look like Captain Manor? Isn't Funnily it? enough, it does. He has got a bit of a bare look about him, hasn't he? They, they put a little moustache, like Mannering moustache. Glasses? Quite, yes. Pretty good. Does it say stupid boy? Can you pull a string at the <laughs> no, back? He doesn't do that. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. My long-running grudge was held against me by one of the lads I played football with. In a 5-0 win in 2010, I was playing at mm. centre-back. We had a corner. The striker managed to poke the ball towards goal. It was on target, but it was a bit of a P-roller, so I, it's, I stuck it in to make sure. <laughs> he accused me of stealing his goal and uh, mm. still talks about it now. So, yeah, a lot of grudges out there, A lot there, of grudges, Andy. yeah. You spot it and you're absolutely right. I want the Steve Ted Bovis from Heidi Hart. Yeah, that's right. The whole Steve um, sitcom characters. Yeah, OK, I'm going to look him up. Steve Captain Mannering. OK, fair yeah, enough. See what you I, I meant to actually cut out the bear, but it was so big it wouldn't have fitted on my paper. Beautiful, OK. So, uh, anything else? Oh, 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 yes, very good, isn't it? I, I, he's pretty good, actually. It does look like him, yeah, yeah. They do a Steve mm. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, they do. I've there seen he is. It's incredible. Yeah, I know. I know. I, With I a like, little moustache. I'm, I'm suddenly I'm a big fan of Steve. They're well, they're, some... you know, they, they do have. I mean, they're very expensive, but they are a sort of collector's item. And yeah. I, think they, I think they hold their value. Well, I mean, do you, you, you know how much Captain Mannering costs? Don't, Usually, don't they... panic when I tell you this. Really. <laughs> um, well, how much you reckon? Uh, have another guess. Uh, I'd say about 150 quid. Have another guess. 270. Have another guess. 490. Have another guess. <laughs> One more. Okay. Uh, 175. No, uh, 299 pounds. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of money for a teddy bear. It is. I always wondered that if if my our, our um, idea for a quiz show, have another guess. Yeah. I mean, it would start to get on your nerves after a while. <laughs> I'd say it would, it? really. You know. <laughs> have another guess. <laughs> 25 minutes later. There's no clock. It's not we any just... worse than the one they've got on Saturday night now the, with, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now, but he basically shout at a screen. That's it. Okay. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it called shout in at a screen? Sh- in for a shout or something? Oh, okay. Something like that. God, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. I actually got I, I like I like Lee Matt's one. The, the, oh, that's brilliant. The, was it the 1% Club? That's yeah, very good. That's isn't created it? by my old fantasy football. Yeah, Dean. Yeah, we worked Dean, with Dean Nabarro. Dean yeah. Nabarro, yeah. Spurs fan. That, see, Arsenal fans, you, you can hate it now as a show because <laughs> Spurs fan t- partly came out with the idea. But I think Lee's mm. been great on it. So he's been oh, really yeah, good, no, he's really doing good, a really yeah. good job on it. So it's the And it's the finale tonight of the race across the world. That sort of sport. You've been following that, have you, Andy? It's good, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting though because they asked the two of the couples what they thought about w- winning, and then one said, "Winning will be the cherry on top of an already delicious cake." Okay. Another one said, "Winning will be the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake." So okay, we get the idea. They, are they right. bakers? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right, fair enough. Doctors, I think. And I, haven't, I haven't caught it, Andy. I haven't watched it. But uh, it's, I suppose it's pretty self-explanatory. It's well, people... except it's Canada. It's not really across the world. So people have been upset that it's only the, they should have called it Race Across Canada. But okay. Quite as appealing as a type. Really. It doesn't suck you in in quite the same way, Not does really, it? no. What can you do? So, um, yes, uh, keep your grudges coming. We'd love to hear more of those, mm. please. Um, this was uh, off the Gillingham fans turning on we- Mark Housie for saying, come on City last night. But he's got a massive amount of skin in the game. Um, Chris, the annoyed cherry, says, I still hold a grudge against Rafa Benitez from the 18th of January 2005, which proves That's quite he's not let it go. We no. played a weak Liverpool He played a weak Liverpool side against Burnley in the FA Cup. Jimmy Triori scored an own goal, which meant they played my team Bournemouth in the next round. We were desperate 
desperate for money, so missed out on a payday at Anfield. Oh. Lost at Burnley despite playing well. And to top it all, Steve Cottrell was so impressed with our midfield, he nicked most of them on cheap deals in the next transfer. <laughs> yeah, well, you, still you see, yeah, still, still bitter, Chris, isn't he? Yeah. Can really feel it coming through. So, yeah, do keep those coming. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet to TSH&J. We are talking surfing a little bit later on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Last night, though, we did record our uh, extra podcast extra that we do for... Extra podcast extra, yeah. Extra podcast extra for subscribers. Yes. And I always enjoy them because they have a sort of slightly different feel to the show. And uh, Believe it or not, they're a bit looser than this. They are even looser than this. Not as tightly structured as what we do here. Reader's trousers. (laughs) Yeah. I'm fascinated by reader's trousers. But I've got one for you today. I don't, I don't want to keep it all for the exclusive podcast. No, you shouldn't, Andy. Let's not shortchange the listeners. They want to know about readers' trousers as well. I like you got the one claims, there? the claims in the ever. The claim today these is... Are, these are trousers that are only available in newspapers. Generally, the Mail and the Express, they've cornered the market in these, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. And they're, they're always good value, yeah. you know. But, I mean, I wouldn't particularly buy them, but there you go, they're not really aimed at me. OK, and it says, well, you say that. <laughs> well, this one, the you pair... You benefit from a gusset. I, I like the claims. The claim is... The waist moves with you. You think, what trousers does the waist not move with you? Well, it just detached and stays in the kitchen while yeah, you move to nice. the lounge. Anyway, if you want a pair of trousers where the waist moves with you, yeah. these are the ones. Where do we find them? Well, in one of yep. the papers. Oh, you've, oh, that's very helpful. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, you often have competitions, Andy, to for fans to design a shirt, maybe in the kind of uh, lower mm. level, don't you? Yeah. It's a bit non-league and stuff like that, but... Borussia Dortmund have done the same thing. Dortmund, really? yeah, and they've just announced the winner of the new shirt design. And uh, it's supposed to basically... Uh, it, it immortalises the club's history. The coal structure is intended to remind us of our roots in the Ruhr region. The trouble is, it's, if you look at it, it looks like a, it looks like a sinking ship, the design on it. It looks like <laughs> really? a ship going down, so it's not ideal for a football club <laughs> shirt. Really. Very, very strange. Anyway, we can go and check that out on social media. Um, the sort of weird, wonderful tale that could turn up on The Sweeper, a new weekly podcast uh, that looks at some of the, those sort of strange tales from around the world of football. And, and the perfect man to do that hmm. is a man who was coached in uh, Mongolia and uh, the Pacific Islands and lots of other places as well. Journalist, author and coach Paul Watson, who joins us now. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, great, great pleasure. Yeah, that's. I'm sure you'll be following up that Dortmund sinking ship shirt. That was close. <laughs> that's quite hard. That was risky. It sounded live <laughs> radio. But um, <laughs> so, uh, so how did this all come about, the sweeper? Well, um, as you know, for a while I've been pretty much involved in the weirder, slightly more obscure parts of football, and um, there's just loads of stories that don't quite get the attention they deserve. Uh, and so I got in touch with um, Lee Wingate, who is my co-host, and. Um, we were both basically bonding over the fact we we wanted to know what was going on with Greenland's national championships this year. We thought, um, you know, let's let's put a podcast together about the kind of weird and wonderful world outside of the big leagues, and um, that's what we've done. We've we've got um, a show that covers you know all the way from from you know Micronesia and Mongolia, but also stories in Holland, you know, Italy, France. So just the kind of slightly odd stories that um, that put a smile on your face sometimes and sometimes a bit deeper and, and sort of dig into some of these these things you don't hear about a lot in the UK media. Uh, one of which is a, a Spanish <clears throat> side that you've say, had a bit of a tough run. <laughs> yeah, so they've lost every game for 11 years. I suppose you could call that a tough run. That's, um, so Sueca United are in the Valencian eighth tier, I think it is. So they're, you know, they're effectively 
a Sunday league team, more or less. And um, they came to our attention because we did a feature on uh, the worst teams in Europe. And, and we had featured an Italian side called Campo di Pietro, who had a goal difference of minus 250 because they were supposed to go bust and refused to, to quit. And so they just put out all the youth players that they could still get every week and lost every week. So we said, well, this must be the worst team in Europe. And sure enough, we, we got a tweet and say, no, this is, this is relatively good compared to uh, Sueca United, who have a goal difference of uh, over minus 600 this season. So they are, they are losing. Bored with losing. Yeah, they're, they're losing. Well, no, they, well, this, is, this was my question. So I, my first question was, you know, is it, is it sort of a joke or is it, um, you know, how is this allowed to happen? And it, actually, interestingly, it's, it's a team that pride themselves on giving people a chance to play who might not normally play uh, football so you know obviously the players there are maybe not in the finest physical condition and the club's developed a reputation now as being that is kind of their reputation is we will lose every week but interestingly um, when they last won in 2011 that made like national media um, but now they're in the media because they're being threatened with being kicked out of the league for just being too bad there's, there's, there's no relegation they can't go anywhere and they're losing 20 or 30 nil every week and so the league have said, you know, this isn't befitting conduct, <laughs> but it's a very hard case to put to, to make because basically they're just losing. They're, they're, they're not messing around on the field. They're trying to play and they're just losing every week. Oh, blimey. They have a second 11. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm playing for the, the fours reserves. this week. Turning out for the fours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah, you see, the, the, one of these popped up again this weekend. I, I imagine you guys were, were riveted by the Estonian Small Cup. I imagine you watched this oh, yeah, week yeah. in, oh, week never out. Miss. Um, <laughs> so this is this is the uh, the Estonian Cup for fourth tier teams or lower, which they brilliantly call the small cup. And all the teams have to be amateur. And what it happens is there are teams up there who are more or less on the realms of some sort of semi-pro, who are very decent sides, who end up playing against a team that could be, you know, with the greatest respect, yours or or my Sunday league team. Mm. Uh, and one of these happened. And Tattoo Team Helm, who are a pretty established side, beat FC Baltic 48-0. Uh, mm. And one player scored 14 goals. Um, and I think... I'm not totally sure. I'm very happy to be corrected if anyone knows, but I think that might be the biggest defeat in the history of, of organised football, wow. with the exception of a team in Madagascar who lost 148-0, sorry, 149-0, but they did that on purpose as a protest against refereeing decisions. So I don't think that really counts. They, they scored 149 own goals. So I don't think that counts. I'm still worrying what happened in the Arbroath Bon Accord, mate. Yeah, that's right. I'm just waiting for the result to come in. That's right. Um, now, <laughs> well, that was a mere 36, wasn't that's it? Right. That, that was competitive. Yeah, that was, that was quite a tight affair. Uh, you said in, Gibro uh, in Gibraltar, should I say, a, a, a lowly team has kind of risen above uh, what you would expect. Yeah, so the team who won the, the Rock Cup, which is you know, Gibraltar's FA Cup, are, are called Bruno's Magpies. And... Um, they were a pub team. They were formed uh, in Bruno's Bar in Gibraltar, a kind of popular drinking spot. And uh, a group of mates just got together, formed this team. And in fact, interestingly, they're called Magpies because the coach at the time, or the, the person they persuaded to be the coach, Mick Embleton, was a big Newcastle fan and said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, but you've got to call them Magpies. Um, and this team had gone all the way from being, you know, the, the lowest level um, kind of team you can get in Gibraltar. And they've gone up, up and up and they've got proper sponsors. Uh, and they beat Lincoln Red Imps, who are the, the mm. relative giants of, of, of Gibraltarian football, um, uh, on penalties in the Rock Cup final. So they are now in Europe. They were actually in Europe last year as well and um, beat Crusaders in the first leg, uh, then lost the second leg qu quite narrowly. And it's just they've, they've got, um, got a very good manager called um, Nathan Rooney, who is an English manager, uh, and got his, I think he's got his A licence at 22. And he's sort of taken this very alternative route to... Um, 
to finding a, a big job and and you know maybe this is what we'll see more coaches have to do sort of get, get to Gibraltar yeah ran a pump team in Gibraltar next stop Spurs they're looking for a manager <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel's done more surprising things. Um, Erling Haaland, we watched in action last night. Um, but you said uh, he has a, a record, a world record. Is that right? Well, <laughs> I think Erling Haaland has a pretty respectable one. He's, he seems to have the world record for standing jump from when he was, I think, five. I, I believe this is true. So Lee on the podcast, Lee likes to hit me with world records. And I always think they're fake and they turn out to be true. Now, the one that, that he got me with the best was um, Axel Twan, uh, Twanzabe, the uh, Manchester United player, apparently has the world record for the fastest clearance of a hungry, hungry hippo's board. <laughs> wow. Surely yeah. the standing jump record holder is CB Fry, isn't it? Because well, he oh, well, from a standing uh, start, he jumped onto his mantelpiece. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, he did. He used to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's just showing off. I think this is at the age of five, so I think it was yeah, like the yeah. world record four or five year old, which oh, right. I imagine is still higher than I could ever jump. Yeah. Oh, talking about you, talking about some of the team names. I saw on 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 via Twitter that you you were following as you often do Botswana's first division, and there were some good names in there, weren't they? Uh, the names of teams, calendar stars. The one I like is Miscellaneous FC. Yeah, there are some absolutely brilliant ones, aren't there? And um, we found a few quite funny ones, like um, Positive FC, a rock bottom of the British Virgin Islands League at the moment. Uh, and uh, you've got Awesome FC, who are absolutely average in St Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, so we do like a good name. We like a name where someone's just picked a very outlandish thing and then it, no team can ever back it up, really. Like at Invincible Eleven in Liberia, who were yeah. fighting against relegation this year. Uh, they got out of it in the end, but they were far from invincible. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, normally that music is accompanied by the occasional dog bark in the distance <laughs> because Tim Vicker is at home in Rio with oh, the family. Oh, dear day. Oh, it's a, a good line this week. Yeah. <laughs> He's not called Didier Dogber, is he? The dog? Well, not officially, but he is. Uh, the dog we had before was unofficially Spaniel Alves. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, well, Tim's in the studio. He's, he's back back in Blighty. Um, well, good to see you, Tim. Lovely and, to be uh, here. It's a bit cold for you, though, isn't it? This island is uninhabitable. Um, <laughs> one of the things I've been thinking of because we're all, we're all getting older, gentlemen. Oh, we are. I'm 58 next week, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? It's like 10 years time. You know, if I can get away with it for another 10 years, what am I going to do? We're going to come back here and you know, kind of. I'm thinking, I can't do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's May and I'm sitting in a blizzard. I can't do it. Let's look back on last night, Tim. Yeah, first and of all, huge disappointment to me there that you didn't say of a Wednesday. Of a Wednesday. It's I one of my favourite things. It I always know. reminds me of home. I know it does. It's this sort of thing of your old Wednesday. granddad yes. would say. We always speak to him of a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, Vinicius Jr., a sensational performance by him mm. last night. Um, we saw Rodrigo in patches as well. Again, two young players you were yeah, saying. I thought Carl Walker did well against him. Very well. He did. Did, yeah. It's a lovely duel, that, isn't mm, it? That was good. There's obviously a lot of mutual respect as well. Mm, it's football, yeah. it's best, I think, those two going up against each what, other. Was there, I mean, was there any doubt, as I said, you know, he, he did go very young to uh, to Europe, but was there any doubt he was going to be a big star? I remember one game he played uh, for Flamengo in, in Ecuador, in, in the, the Champions League over there, the Libertadores. And he came off the bench and he, he won the game. They were losing 1-0, they won it 2-1. Actually, they, he played the other side that night. He played wide right coming in. And he was he was brilliant. And mm. what you saw after that game, it's one of those great moments of football. The fans at the home side, the Ecuadorian side, Emelec, 
they just queued up to have their photo taken with him wow. afterwards. He'd just beaten their side, but they realised that they'd been in the, in, in, in the presence of something mm. that they were going to remember for, for a long, long time. I think last night is, for me, it's significant because I think last night is the moment when now he is Brazil's number one star. Mm. Going into the World Cup, it was still all Neymar. And he'd only just got into the Brazil side. It was touch and go whether he was going to start or not. I was with the coaching staff a while before and they weren't sure if they were going to pick him. And they knew it was going to be a big decision to leave him out and they went with him. And probably his best two games for Brazil happened during the course of the World Cup. But it was still Neymar's team. Now Neymar's in a kind of limbo. We don't really know what's going to happen to him. Mm. And Vinny just keeps developing and developing and developing. Uh, There was a while when you thought of him really as a kind of supply line for Benzema. And yesterday, he just went beyond that. Yeah. Didn't he? Yesterday, he showed that he's not only the bow, he's also the arrow. Mm. And so I, I think that, that that's, a, that's a huge game for him because I think from now on, we don't know who's going to be coaching Brazil. It could be the friend of our sports news reader, Carlo Ancelotti, who's the, who's the one that they want. <laughs> ooh, 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 honey. Yeah. Um, as they've, they've now gone on record to say that. And if it is, I mean, Vinicius loves Carlo Ancelotti. I'll just yeah. say it again to prove that it can be done. It can be said. Yeah. Um, but I think from now on, he is the man around whom they'll be building their attack. What My, about Rodrigo? Sorry, Paul. Yeah. What about Rodrigo, though? He seems a little bit behind him. I, I mean, I watched them both live against Chelsea. You know, Vinicius yeah. really impressed me. Rodrigo, I thought. In not patches, quite there you yet, see it, don't yes, you? Yes, yes, you do. And there are huge hopes around him because of his versatility. And he's a, uh, he's, in, in some ways, he, he's, he's maybe a more versatile player than, than Vinny. And again, talking to the coaching staff before the World Cup, the hopes they have of, of, of this fella are, are, are amazing. In the end, I think they made a mistake with their squad going to the World Cup because Martinelli originally wasn't in the squad yeah. and he was doing so well that they had, to find, they had to find a place for him, which meant that someone had to leave and it was Firmino. And I think that was a problem for them in the World Cup because Firmino was the best backup they had to Neymar. So when Neymar got injured, they didn't... So it ended up being Rodrigo. Mm. And I think then it was, in the words of the late, great Terry Hall, it was too much too young. Yeah, And the fellow who missed the vital penalty in the shootout, the first penalty that Brazil They're the missed. same age, Rodrigo and, yeah. uh, and uh, Vinicius Jr., yeah. aren't they? 22, yeah. both mm. the same age. Yeah. But one feels that much yeah. further down the yeah. well, road you, than you, the other. You know what Vinny does, yeah. isn't he? He's, and, and that... That unbelievable pace, he's got so many extra gears, means I think it's been easier for him to establish what he is on the football field. Mm. You know, He's going to attack mainly from the left wing, although he, he, he can drift across, and he's going to be shoulder the last defender pace. Uh, and Rodrigo's a, perhaps a more subtle talent, can do... Can, can can play in more different areas and so on. And I so perhaps it's harder for him to establish exactly what he's going to be, what type of striker he's mm. going to be. You mentioned Neymar there being in limbo. I mean, there's a horrible rumour. Praying, it's, <laughs> praying yeah. it's not true. So the last thing Chelsea need is him. I think the last thing any club need is him. He's obviously got talent, but he's always injured. And there's a lot of pr- a, a lot of baggage. Him. I think that yeah. would be the concern of a lot of clubs yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think there is. And I understand exactly why why he winds people up. And the thing of being injured, you you can't deny. But it's striking, certainly with Brazil, how popular he is with his teammates, because he's seen as someone who wants to give to the collective cause. You know, he isn't just 
someone who wants to be out partying with Justin Bieber. <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. And that's that's been part of them. I, I, I spoke to him years and years ago, but I really got this feel that part of the, of the motivation to become so good was I want to go out, be out partying with Justin Bieber. <laughs> but I don't think he neglects what he is on a football field. And mm. I think he is a, a fantastically gifted player. Part of his problem, I think, is... Brazilians take this World Player of the Year nonsense very, very seriously. And he's always been put up. That, that, that's that been the bar. You've got to win that. You've got to win that. Yeah. I think that's stupid. I think Messi's got a much more healthy attitude to this. You know, if it comes along fine, it's a consequence. But Neymar, is, it's always been there as a measuring rod and he's all, and he, he's always falling short. I think there's still a fantastic player there because he's. you can take, when well, he's, what, 31 now, you can take half a yard of pace away from him and I think there's still enough there, although I've never seen him in the Premier League. I've never seen him. I've never imagined right. him as a player for the Premier League. And one of his problems now is where on earth can he... What, what, you know, how, how, how many clubs can afford well, him? Yeah, exactly. We're looking at Saudi he feel, Arabia. He does feel quite Saudi-bound, doesn't he, now? That's the Unless problem. he takes the sentimental route, because surely he's got enough money now in the last 20 la- lifetimes. Mm. He could go back to Santos in Brazil. And he, he was back there recently. Uh, you know, he, he, he was, he's got a bond with the club that would be a sweet thing to do yeah, I think, rather are. than chase yeah, the money so much money on offer just, going, just yeah. going back to Vinicius Junior Mike McGrath <clears> writing <throat> in the Telegraph today the headline is England's top club should be queuing up to snatch Vinicius he's only got a, year, got a year left on his contract <laughs> he's not going to come to he the will almost, well, Mike says that he'll almost certainly sign they'll, a new deal there. Him, yeah. but still I'm surprised he's only got a year left yeah yeah maybe uh I don't know how much that might have to do with Real Madrid's finances mm. you know, and, and not wanting to, co- to commit themselves long term. Yeah. But it's, if you're yeah, Real Madrid... They've got Madrid, to replace Benzema. They, yeah. They're spending a fortune on Bellingham. So, yeah. Maybe Let's get a couple of your questions in. Um, you, um, Mark, the Forest fan in Dudley, wonders what you thought of uh, Danilo at Forest. Uh, <laughs> bought for £16 million. He's already shown mm. what he's capable of. Complete night. midfielder. Now he scored is. three and three. Scored a good goal the other night. Yeah. They, the goal scoring has surprised me a little bit. Um, and when he was playing, he was a big player for Palmeiras. So he won the Champions League over there two years running. Mm. But they defend much deeper. So it, it, it was harder for I think for him to get up into the final third of the field. Mm. But lithe, lovely left foot, wins the ball, passes well, links up. So, you know, all those phases of, of, of possession. I'm surprised with, with the goals. But I like him a lot. I rate him, rate him very, very highly. And that deal, I think there's a lot to do there with Vinicius. And I shall explain why. Vinicius going at 18. The way that the market works now is that the European clubs are no longer interested in the best players in South America. They're interested in the best prospects. Meaning, if you reach 22 and you haven't been sold... You're past it. Yeah. It's harder. It's, yeah. a, it's one it's of the reasons shocking, why I say yeah. Juan Gomez has ended up at Wolves and Danilo ended up. Because I think asked, bigger clubs were interested in him a year before, but Palmeiras didn't want to sell him then. They got burned with a couple of prospects who... They didn't accept offers for they kept, and those prospects flamed out a little bit, and they had to accept a lot, a lot less money for them. So Palmeiras are then thinking, blimey, we got to sell now, we got to sell now, we got to sell now. Where's the bid from? Had the had it been a year earlier, they could have got more for him, and he'd have gone to a bigger club. It might work very well for him, assuming that Forest stay up, mm. because uh, he's in in this brief time he's shown that he can adapt very, very easily to to to, to the Premier League. I, I like him a lot. So does that, that, that stay up, Forest? Yeah. 
You think? I think they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. But do you, does that then suggest before we go to the break, Tim, um, that if you're in that middle tier of Premier League clubs and you're not just looking for prospects uh, over the age of 22, you can pick up some really good yes, bargains yes, in South yeah, America. Yeah, yes, you can. That, that that's an area. But how are the clubs like say Brighton? Mm-hmm. Brighton were one of the first to think we can gain an advantage by going straight to South America instead of waiting for them to come over to Portugal and show that they can adapt. And, and then cost you three times as exactly. much. Exactly. We'll mm. go straight to the source and buy it. And it's worked very well for Brighton. Maybe now there's another gap opening up in the market for those who are prepared to buy players who are 24, 25. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We were chatting off air a bit earlier on, Tim, about the effect of the World Cup. Mm. Um, We never quite knew what it was going to be like, but we've seen a number of players. I mean, it's all, we kind of had a bit of a warning with African Cup of Nations because yeah. if you had African players, they, after the highs of maybe winning mm. a tournament or doing well, that they weren't on it. And if they were crushingly disappointed, they weren't on it either. So coming back from a tournament mid-season is not easy, but it's affected a few players. No, it clearly it? has. I mean, especially for the South Americans because the World Cup is just so important to mm. them. Uh, and do you remember Richarlison getting injured and yeah. the moment where he thinks he might not go to the World Cup. Mm. Uh, and it just floods of floods of tears. And then he gets there and gets injured with his very last kick of the mm. World Cup and then doesn't... See, that's he's a good example yes, because he's, the perfect he's had a very example, interrupted season. The, I mean, the goals have not been... He's not, you know, he's, he's not really been able to score one goal so far. I think there's a lot more to come from him, but it does really seem to have affected yeah. his rhythm first time yeah. at a new club. I think but he's a proven quantity in the Premier League. He is, yeah. yeah. I, but I, I think... There are, as, as well as psychological reasons, there are always footballing reasons as yeah. well. Now, if you're just say you're just slotting back from a World Cup into the Man City side, sure, that you know that rising tide is going to lift all boats. Mm. But the thing with when Tottenham bought Richarlison, you could never really see where he was going to fit in no. to the front to the, to the front three. And this is a task for whoever the next coach is to try and find a way to to, to get something out of him. But at the moment, you just can't quite see. And it was I thought it was quite interesting what Ryan Mason did. On Saturday, mm. trying to play maybe Son a little bit from wide on the left, so you get Richarlison up up with with, with Kane, 
Um, but so far, you just can't really see where he fits into the picture. The rehabilitation of uh, Emerson Royal as well after the, uh, the amount of stick he took has been quite amazing. And on a similar subject, really, of, uh, you know, of players, Joel Linton, a question come in from Aaron, oh, the yeah, Newcastle tremendous. fan. What does Joel Linton need to do to get into the Brazil reckoning? <laughs> you get asked this a lot, I guess. Yeah, uh, firstly, uh, Newcastle, have, uh, they've made it hard for you mm. by signing the two players. It's probably hardest for the, for the British tongue to, to, to pronounce. Yeah. If you start with Joel, you'll do all right. Yeah. If you start with Joe, you won't. So, yeah. Joelington. Joelington. And the other one is, is Bruno Guimaraes. Now, Guimaraes, any way you slice it, is not going to be easy for yeah, Guimaraes to do. I watched him live. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. Joelington is on the radar screen on before the when the last squad get, got called up in the press conference someone asked about him and he said yeah he's on our radar screen the problem is we don't know who's looking at the radar screen because <laughs> uh, they had a they had mm. a stand-in coach last time around and they don't know who's going to be coaching the side and they want the friend of our sports news reader Carlo Ancelotti yep. um, two things are in the way of that at the moment Ancelotti has a job with Real Madrid he mm. says that he will respect his contract which runs out in the middle of next year that's too late for Brazil so first of all Real Madrid would have to sack him which is a possibility. Mm. Secondly, we don't know if he wants the job or not. Um, but Ancelotti is 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 the one that the, the, the you'll know next week if 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 City go through. Then yeah. you, you would imagine. It's done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've given the deadline. Brazil had given a deadline till May the twenty fifth. They've now extended that to the end of the Champions League. So even if Madrid get to the final of the mm. Champions League, Brazil will wait that long for It'd him. Be a strange mm. job for him. Would he have to live in Brazil? Could he carry well, on? Scaloni, the Argentina coach, lives in Spain. All right. Okay. From a diplomatic point of view, yeah, uh, it would. Be, it's going to be hard anyway for a foreign coach. Mm. You know, Brazil have never had it before. Mm. Why are uh, they willing to accept it this time then, Tim? Because there's no real Brazilian alternative. Um, there's one who's just coming up, coach of Fluminense, Fernando Diniz, who's who's very interesting. But look at European football. Who was the last Brazilian coach in the business end of the Champions League? Yeah, yeah. Silvio had two games with Lyon and rapidly got sacked. You know, they're not producing coaches because they sack them all the time. You know, there's no prejudice in European football against South American coaches. You know, Pochettino, Simeone, Pellegrini from Chile has done mm. some of the biggest. He's done Real Madrid and Man I'm City. For so, pop up, why, so do right? the, why do the great mm. Brazilian players not become managers? Now, that, that's really interesting. If you, if you look at the, the Argentina clubs at the moment and River Plate, Di Michelis, mm. you know, uh, Racing, Gago, Fernando Gago. Uh, the, most of the um, Argentina's juniors, um, Gabriel Milito, it's full of... Valerio as a manager. Yeah, it's full of big name, recently retired players mm -hmm. who've been doing their badges while they've been playing. The Brazilians, and I don't know why, they haven't done it. They haven't gone into it. Part of it is, I think, that they that they, they look at the coaching scenario in Brazil and think, well, who wants that? You know, yeah. who wants that? But such is the notoriety of some of those big players. They'd find jobs in Europe, wouldn't they? They've, they've spent most of their careers in Neymar Europe. Neymar, player coach for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we have done Couldn't worse. be any worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. We should, um, we should mention the Boca River derby wow, because yeah. it was massive. Yeah, first of all, the, the Tuesday night, it was the last night before I flew home. River suffered their heaviest mm. ever defeat in the history of, of the, the Libertadores, mm. South America's Champions League. To this side, Fluminense, coached by Fernando Diniz, who are beautifully anarchic. So they lost 5-1. So you know that there's going to be a reaction. And it's, it's a family show. So it's going to involve showing the minerals, showing mm. the stones. You mm. know that, that that's the way it's got to be. The next game is Boca at home. 
they've got to react. You know, they've, they've got to have a and 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 Boca is set up to defend and and, and not not a lot else. And they're trying to break them down and trying to break them down and try and break them down. And finally, in the fourth minute of stoppage time, they get an iffy kind of penalty, but it's a penalty. VAR it, didn't look at it though. So that was no, the complaint. No. Yeah. So the penalty is, is scored, and you know then. You know, then there's going to be a body count, you know, from from both sides. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. it's just absolutely inevitable. And and so there's, I think they ended up playing 20 minutes of stoppage time. You know, the fourth official indicator. We, we, we were looking at the pictures before the show. I said to Paul, "It's like Shrove Tuesday football up is and down." Yeah. It's it was like a scrum of about of 30, 40 across. people moving <laughs> yeah. in ways. I think they played. I think at the end they played eight minutes, eight against ten. I think uh, yeah. after that to carry on, then they played the stoppage time after. So yeah, so it was a, a bit of a mad game, but wow, we sort of thing that Saint and Greaves would have said. Yeah. Oh, you can't, but you know, because this they used to love a bit of old South American yes. Yes. tear up, didn't they? On, yeah. on back in the day, um, loads of questions. Um, uh, maybe one quick one. I mean, it might how quick this can be. Sam, asked, oh sorry, um, uh, yeah, ask a question. Um, Tim, who are the top three uh, upcoming youngsters in South America who might not necessarily be heard of over here? But you've kind of explained that gets well, more difficult. Yeah, one has been linked to Chelsea. Uh, his name is Kendry Payes mm-hmm. uh, from Ecuador. He's a, he's only just turned sixteen. He's already got a senior goal to his name. He's a he's a slender support striker, which makes me a little bit worried for him. But lots of talent um, from Brazil. There's a burly centre forward, the type of player they haven't produced for a while, called Victor Hockey who has been linked with the Arsenal and he's been linked, I think he's been linked with, with Chelsea, but everyone is linked with with, with, mm. with, with Chelsea. And the, these these two are top talents. And coming up, May the 20th, it's the Under-20 World Cup, oh. which was to be held in Indonesia. Political problems. Argentina have stepped in at the last moment. Argentina hosting the tournament. Argentina now have a chance to win a tournament for which they didn't even qualify. Because as hosts, they're now, they're, they're now in it. Really? They will get unbelievable love. That, that Argentina team will be seen as... Uh, as kind of proxies for Lionel Messi mm. by, by the crowd. They've got an easy group. So uh, uh, as, as we go through that tournament, I can tell you who's doing well in that one. Do you see Messi ever uh, managing Argentina? I, um, it's, it, it's hard to imagine him managing, but mm. a few years ago I would have said he's never going to be a leader. And he, he he's obviously sat down. We saw this first. I think Argentina started winning the World Cup for me in the Copa America of 2019 when they lost in the semi-finals. And why did they start winning the World Cup? Because Messi, he's obviously sat down and thought, you know what? I need to be vocal. I need to be a leader. And he talked and he talked and he talked. So if he sat down and worked out, you know what? If I need if, if I'm gonna be a if I'm gonna fulfill my potential with the Argentina national team, I've got to change in this way and that way. So maybe, maybe one day he might do it as a as a manager. It's strange, Messi, because I remember telling you about him in a hotel room in Colombia at the start mm. of 2005, you know, that we discovered real gold. So I've watched him all this time and I still don't know him. Yeah. You know, usually you look at a player and you think, I know who you are, but with Messi, yeah. even after all this time, I, I don't. So I've never really imagined him going into management, but he's he, he's always there to surprise you. He's followed you. the Diego route so yeah. far. It wouldn't be as quite as chaotic as his time no. in charge of Argentina. No, no, it would, would be interesting. I could see him doing Argentina. I can't see him doing a club or no. I, I can't. I can't see him. At, no. I can't see him at uh, Preston. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll reconvene and do it all again tomorrow. 
from one myself and Charlie. Although Andy will be popping up, of course, because it's Thursday, which means birthday spread. Mm. So do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.